Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Um, in my talk, I'd like to read a passage um, from Shakyamuni Buddha's teaching. Um, if you can, um, please join me. Gosho, um, put the hands together. Heard each it to encounter the supreme profound and wondrous Dharma even in a in a hundred thousand million kalpas. Now we are able to hear and receive it. We are truly understand the true intent of the Tathagata. Thank you. Thank you. Um, good morning. Uh, so thank you for attending to the service this morning. So um, I hope you are doing well. Uh, thank you for a kind introduction. Uh, I am Reverend Chiemi Onikura Burai. I am Assistant Minister of the Twin Cities Buddhist Sangha, Jodo Shinshu. It's also called Shin Buddhism uh, in English. Uh, I'm so pleased to be as a guest speaker here today. I'm honored to give a talk, uh, deliver the Buddha's teaching and the guidance and then uh, share this moment uh, with you all. So I'm originally from Japan, uh, and uh, English is my second language, so uh, my English could, could be uh, better, so I will try um, as, as best as I can. So I studied Buddhism in, um, in Japan in Japanese, so uh, when we have a Q&A session after uh, my talk, so I might only be able to answer some questions. So <laughs> if these things happen, so I will take the questions as my homework. Uh, <laughs> and then we will answer them later. So today I want to talk about the history of Japanese temple and the heritage and the Japanese Buddhism. Um, so um, I want to talk about the environment I grew up um, at the Japanese temple. So, um, and I will talk about the differences uh, and the traditions of the, the sect of Japanese Buddhism. So I grew up in the Jodo Shinshu temple in Japan. So Jodo Shinshu is also um, called Shin Buddhism in English, just as I said. So uh, this is my family temple um, in Fukuoka, Japan. Um, kind of west end. So uh, this is a picture of the uh, main home uh, when I was a child. So it is different now. It is newer now. Uh, they rebuilt the uh, after they had uh, the big earthquake in, the two, in 2004. Yeah. So in 1519, during the Muromachi period, the temple was established. Um, this temple was established. So, um, so this temple has been taking care of my ancestors for 500 years. Mm -hmm. So it's long history. So my brother is the 21st, 21st head minister. So my dad was the 20th. So my grandpa was the 19th uh, head minister when I was a little. So, um, the Buddhist temple, um, so um, Buddhist temple and Shinto shrines are um, some of the Japan's most popular tourist attractions. So there are temples and shrines all over the country. So do you know how many temples and shrines are there in Japan? <laughs> Can you guess how many the numbers? Yes, please. Definitely over 10,000. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there are about 
78,000 Buddhist temples wow. in Japan, wow. plus 81,000 Shinto shrine. So the country has about 60,000 gas stations. So, <laughs> which is obviously the numbers of the, the shrines and temples are much more than the other gas station. <laughs> so, so you can imagine that if you walk down the street in Japan, it's easy to find get, not the gas station. <laughs> it's, it's easier to find the other temples and uh, shrines are uh, much more than the uh, uh, gas station, actually. <laughs> so, um, the, in the top of the two pictures, the top of the two pictures, um, the, you can see uh, Aheiji, so the, the monks are um, one of the other headquarters in this Soto Zen temple. So the, the, on the bottom are uh, Nishi Honganji, uh, which is uh, Nishi Honganji and then the ministers of the sect, um, our sect, the Jodo Shinshu. So you can see my differences between those two, um, two sections. So um, Aheiji monks shaved their head. Uh, the Honganji ministers didn't shave their head. So the Jodo Shinshu tradition, only at the ordination, so only men uh, have to shave their heads, so it is an option for women. Uh, in the Soto Zen Temple, uh, Aheji, so it's located all, all, almost to the top of the mountain. And the Jodo Shinshu Temple, uh, Honganji, is located in the middle of the, the big town of Kyoto. So the uh, Zen Temple Aheji is located at a suitable place uh, to practice, uh, especially the Zen meditation. So Jodo Shinshu, the Shin Buddhist temples have located that the place in the middle of the town, so easy to access for many people and just uh, stepping in and gathering. So and the are pictures of uh, Buddhist monasteries. Uh, monasteries like these are um, very common among Japanese Buddhist sects. So people leave their homes and their daily lives to train the temple. So the many people um, outside of Japan uh, have uh, this image of the Japanese Buddhist temples in Japan. The kids are shaving their heads and putting on their robes. Um, the kids are cleaning and wiping off the floors and then temple building. I think that is very cute. <laughs> so some temples are like a Tendai and then Shingon. Tendai and then Shingons are the most uh, strict practice. They have um, very challenging practice and training. So like a spiritual exercise um, in Japanese, it's Shugyo. And they were striking uh, by waterfall, so you can see the uh, the picture on the, on your right, and then uh, fasting and then some other form. So, but my childhood, the growing up in the temple, was not like this. <laughs> so uh, we have a house just next to the temple hall, and then the house uh, just looks like a ordinary house, but it is connected to the, the temple hall. So I didn't have to do any difficult training at all. Um, I used to chant with my grandfather every day, just every day, because I wanted to. My parents, my grandparents never said, you have to do chanting every day. They never said so to me. So I did it because I loved my grandpa so much. <laughs> 
So he used to play with me all the time. I loved spending time with my grandpa. Um, when he walked in the field, I went there with him and waited and prayed while they are walking in the field. I sit next to him at the dinner table at the temple service. I was sitting, sitting um, by him a lot. <laughs> so when I was nine years old, when I was uh, about nine years old, I already memorized most uh, major Shin Buddhism sutra chanting very naturally. <laughs> so um, there are many Buddhist sects in Japan. So currently there are 13 major sects. Uh, the Buddhism was officially introduced uh, to Japan in uh, five, uh, 538. So Prince Shotoku, so you can see the picture of him. So Prince Shotoku was a person who valued the Buddhism so he was the one uh, who established Japan as the first con uh, constitution based on uh, Buddhism. So about um, 1500 years ago, so Buddhism was transmitted to Korea from China, and then Buddhism has been um, significant to the to the Korean people. So they moved to Japan from Korean Peninsula. Uh, and then their influence may have um, extended to Japanese, and then this may have created environment more receptive uh, to the to Buddhism. So various natural calamities and then political economic um, chaos at the time were thought to be caused by some existence beyond our grasp. As a result, um, powerful deity wished to get these um, misfortune under control and then bring about peace. So Japan was studying as a nation during the time, so some fresh ideas and logic are needed to keep things moving. So I think um, Buddhism was um, ideally suited to Japan's requirements at the time. So let's um, look at the time uh, of the other, uh, both our founders live. So uh, this is Shinran Shonin um, on your left, uh, who established Jodo Shinshu, Shin Buddhism, and then Dogen Zenji on your right, uh, who founded the Soto Zen. So Shinran is his name, and then Shonin is the way to call him, um, to call with the highest uh, respect, uh, like, uh, Calling, we are calling Dogen and Zenji, so we call Shinran Shonin. So both lived in a very similar time in the 12th century, the Kamakura period. So they both practiced at the Tendai sect at the Mount Hiei. So Shinran Shonin was that at the Mount Hiei when he was um, between nine years old and 29 years old. So when Shinran came down from the Tendai monastery, and Dogen Zenji was only two years old. So I don't think they met at the Mount Hiei. So uh, during the, the Kamakura period, there are many uh, disturbances and the people were affected by farming, uh, epidemics, and the natural disasters. So Kamogawa River, uh, one of the Kyoto's um, big towns, the major rivers, was filled with dead bodies. The story read it. So at the time, the Tendai sect um, that reached the peak of the uh, peak of the wealth uh, on Mount Hiei. So processing the, uh, the the large group of monks, warriors, established religious orders that followed the path of decline. 
So new Buddhist founders descended from the uh, from Mount Hiei, intending to create detached from uh, detached from the Buddhism. Then Shunan Shonin met his uh, master Honen Honen Shonin for Nen Butsu teaching, and then Dogen Zenji traveled to China and then studied Nen Buddhism. So another important things uh, they had in common uh, was they were persecuted by the, uh, the society and the power at the time. So both of them, the government and the Mantie of the Tendai sect. So Shinran Shonin married to his wife, Eshimi, and had uh, seven children. So it was very unusual at the time that for monks and nuns get married back then. So the, in the letters of Shinni wrote to Shinran Shonin, uh, we can see uh, how deeply they, they respected and they trusted one another. So only uh, 100 years ago from now, uh, the letters were discovered. Mm -hmm. So the, the, this, the pictures on the right uh, that came from the story of the Shinran Shonin's life, um, the temples, um, or perhaps just a meeting place, was Shinran Shoni and his disciple are shown in the picture. So there will be, there will be that place for everyone, ordinary people, rich and poor, young and old, um, any genders, so regardless of what they do. Um, this woman is the, uh, her name is Kakushinni. Um, Shinran Shonin's, um, Shinran Shonin's and Eshinni's daughter, uh, youngest daughter. So she played a key role, uh, maintaining, um, Mosuriam and passing on his teaching, uh, with her descendant and eventually becoming a head of the temple. The Mosuriam called Monshu. So, uh, she and her uh, photo practices cooperated to the renovate the grave site and constructed the six-sided structure. So you can see the picture of the, the top right. Uh, that is a six-sided structure in which is imagine an uh, image of the Shinran Shonin was um, enshrined. So Shinran Shonin's daughter Kakushini became uh, the caretaker of the just a facility. So later, the caretaker will be known as a monshu, which is a spiritual leader of the, the Honganji Shin Buddhist sect. The monsuriam became a foundation of the Honganji organization, so which is, uh, you can see that the Honganji's, uh, the temple um, building um, right now. And the, this history is different from other Buddhist sects the way established at the headquarters, temples, and system. So many other uh, Buddhist sects, temples, used to um, pass down from the master to the disciple. Uh, but today, not only Jodo Shinshu, but most sects of um, the Buddhism are heredity. Um, there is a long-term uh, the family household um, restoration system, it's called a danka um, or terauke system in Japan. So if you have a chance to study the uh, Japanese history, so you can see this history. So every single family has to register uh, the temple and they receive the certificates to prove it. So uh, these families are called the danka. 
So that especially under the Tokugawa shogunate, which is 17th century, the system was important, um, supposedly intended to the stop the, the uh, diffusion of Christianity. So their constitution um, the guaranteed uh, the freedom from religion right now, So, but the religion is no longer duty. Uh, but so many families have uh, remained Danka and, uh, since their um, ancestors' days. So the picture shows uh, my family's temple in Japan. And uh, so you can see the Jodo Shinshu temples have a larger space uh, for lay people. Uh, and then uh, the minister city to the center uh, is, uh, is my brother. <laughs> and then my father is city to his right. And on the left side, can you see that two young boys are sitting? Mm -hmm. uh, they are my brother's children, <laughs> so my nephews. So my family's temple has history, so I would like to share a little bit. Um, during the war time, so my grandfather is in the middle of the front row. Um, just before leaving for the war as a soldier. So he was drafted in 1942. So he was captured in Siberia more than three years after the war as a prison, um, prisoner of war. So the woman the standing behind him was uh, my grandmother. Uh, she was pregnant uh, with my father at the time um, of, that, of this photo. So the women, um, the minister is next to my grandfather. Uh, it's his father, so my great-grandfather. So he passed away when my grandfather was in Siberia. So after this picture, um, they never met. Um, the young man wearing a hat is my grandfather's uh, youngest brother. So he is, uh, he was uh, 13 years old in this picture. So when he was, when, when his father died, which is my great grandfather, he passed away, he became uh, responsible for taking care of the temple. So he was ordained immediately and had to start to work as a head minister age 13. <laughs> um, his oldest, his oldest sister, uh, brother, his old, his, uh, his older brother, so middle of my, uh, no, sorry. So his oldest brother, my grandfather, was in Siberia, and then his middle brother had been killed in Myanmar, Burma, during the war. So the 13 years old boy was also assigned military training at the time. Mm. So my family was farmers, so the temple itself um, produced almost no incoming after the war. So, but they still carried on the work of taking care of at the temple. So about 30 years after the war, the temple held a big memorial service for Jodo Shinshu founder Shinran Shonin. So the, this picture is 1972. And another 40 years later, the special memorial service was held Shonin's another um, anniversary, uh, 750s and uh, 12. 2015 in the right side of the picture. So people keep up uh, this tradition with enthusiasm. Throughout the history, the people were facing difficult times and then lost family and friends, homes and runs. They faced economic difficulties. Perhaps 
they didn't have the change to get education. During the, all those times, the temple was there. The temple was always open for the people to come to listen to the Shakyamuni Buddha's teaching. Um, this is the next generations of the temple. <laughs> um, from the generations to, to generations, my family can be seen in these pictures. So left hand of the, the shows are my seven-year-old niece and nephews and two years old and five years old. Uh, my brother's children are growing up in the temple, just, just I did. Um, in the middle of the picture of my brother, uh, when he was seven years old. And in the right hand picture, it's my father when he was five years old. He hadn't met his father at this point. This uh, was taken two years after the war ended, uh, but his, fa his father, uh, my grandfather, hadn't returned home. So he was a prisoner in Siberia for more than three years. So my father, my father, little boy, uh, he met his father uh, for the first time when he was seven. Yes, old. Mm -hmm. So now three generations serving this a small local temple right now. So according to my family temple's history, Buddhism has always been there, never changed for 2,500 years. The since Shakyamuni Buddha was enlightened from India, China, Korea, Japan, and here in America, here Minnesota. We are all listening to the Shakyamuni Buddha's teaching together. Um, so, I just a little bit. I want to talk about uh, the differences in the, between the Buddhist sect. So, ever since Shakyamuni Buddha awakened, that he taught according to um, who who was um, who he was who, who, who he was teaching. So um, he has taught Buddhism in a way that suits each person. So he taught like uh, he gave different medications to the different patient. So the when when people get sick, they must first observe what kind of illness they have. So we can learn from some sutra how to diagnose uh, what kind of illness we have. So once you know what type of illness the person has, you must give them the medication accordingly. So Buddha thus imparted, imparted his teaching in a great many ways. As a result, many methods of teaching the Buddhism arose. The method said to have 84 thousand numbers. So what is the purpose of Buddhism? What is the purpose of Buddhism? Why you are practicing um, Buddhism? It's all the same goal we have any path we are walking. It is to become Buddha. Becoming a Buddha. The goal of Buddhism is becoming a Buddha. There are many ways to walk the path toward the goal. So sometimes it is hard training and sometimes it feels easy. So imagine that the mountain trail, the leading to the top of the mountain. So some roads are very steep and slopes and some needs um, proper roads and then some are very challenging roads. 
So some laws are gentle and accessible for many people to climb, but both paths lead to the same top of the mountain. So sometimes something like me, uh, sometimes something like this happened to me just the other day. Uh, there is a slightly larger forest near my house. So the, there is a hills, um, so hills are going up and down um, just about the three miles in the total. Um, I sometimes uh, go to the wood with, to, to walk my dog. Uh, and then it snowed a lot the other day. Remember that you know, just the last <laughs> week we had tons of snow? So since then, I hadn't gone there for a while because I'm not sure about IT path. So a few days ago, when I was near the forest, a neighbor I knew that came out with his dog. And the person looked about the, about the 10 years older than me. <laughs> so I asked him, so how was the road in the forest? And then the person said to me, oh, it is not so bad. It's not so hard work. So oh, you are wearing uh, the boots, so you will be fine. Okay. <laughs> so when I entered the forest, the road was still a little icy, and it was very tough for me to walk. Last year, I had a both side hip replacement surgery. <laughs> so, so I'm still recovering. So I can walk normally now, so it's hard to, to see that I just had the surgery last year. Um, but it's still not easy to walk through the paths, um, just like icy snow, icy snow ones. Yeah. Of course, the neighbor, he didn't know, you know, that I had, I had a surgery then. So he thought it would be an easy for me because I, it was, you know, it was nothing to him, but so easy for him. And then he looked, um, at me, um, maybe younger than him. <laughs> so, well, so it is complicated to determine that which path suits each person. So therefore, human beings have to try various routes. So both Shinran Shonin and then Dogen Zenji experience multiple very difficult practices. So there are many Buddhist paths which may um, people walk differently. So the most important things that we should never forget, we all reach the goal. It means that we all can reach the goal of becoming Buddha. No matter what path you take, everyone is guaranteed to reach the goal. It is because the power of the Buddha is walking toward us. This is because everyone is equally led to the world of enlightenment. Amida Buddha is one of the, the symbolized, who symbolized this. The in Shin Buddhist tradition, the people recite Namo Amida Butsu or Namo Amida Buddha. It's called the Nen Butsu. It means taking refuge in Amida Buddha, Buddha of the world of infinite light and life. Amida means infinite. It is world of compassion, where no one is abandoned or discriminated against. The name of Buddha comes out our mouth, the way of recognizing and showing gratitude 
to the Buddha for always be with you, with us. So this is not the same of um, same as something believe or praying or asking something. It has already been decided that Buddha always be with us. So it means that we are just simply grateful for that. So according to Mahavai Nirvana Sutra, this is the story tells that Buddha Dharma is universal truth. So when the moon sets, the people say the moon has disappeared, right? And when the moon rises, the people said that the moon has appeared. But in fact, the moon neither goes nor comes, but shines just continually in the sky. So Buddha Dharma is exactly like the moon. Buddha Dharma neither appears nor disappears. The people call one phase of the moon full moon. And then another phrase is a crescent moon, right? Mm. In reality, the moon is always perfectly round, <laughs> neither waxing nor disappearing. Buddha Dharma is exactly like moon, the moon. In the eyes of the humans, it may seem to challenge in appearance, but in the truth, Buddha Dharma does not change. The moon appears everywhere over the crowded city, a sleepy village, a mountain and a river. It is seen in the depth of the pond, in a jug of the water, in a sleepy village, a mountain, oh sorry, in a drop of the dew that hanging on the leaf. If the people walk hundreds of miles, the moon goes with them. So you can see the moon here, you can see if you go to Japan, you still see the moon. The moon is just following you everywhere you, you are going. So the people, to the people, the moon seems to change, but the moon does not change. So following the people, that the, the, the moon is just following the people in this world in all, all that the challenging circumstance manifesting various appearance. The Buddha Dharma does not change. All the school of Buddhism in this country uh, must respond to the spiritual need and the suffering of humanity. To learn ourselves is to open our eyes to the truth. In the Kamakura period, Dogen Zenji and the Shinran Shonin, the time, the new forms of Buddhism arose, arose and responded to the deep suffering of humanity. So Shinran Shonin, the founder of Jodo Shinshu, speaks out, speak out of the human beings in this way. Foolish being, full of blind passion, in this fleeting world, this burning house, all mothers without exceptions are empty and false, totally without truth and sincerity. The Namo Amida Butsu, name Butsu alone, is a true and real. 
So that this society is like a burning house. Any human being living inside, it doesn't even recognize it is burning. This is the word of Jodo Shinshu's organization, the Buddhist Church of America, the Bishop Harada. We can become settled in unsettling, unsettling times. We can have a sense of peace, admit conflict and chaos. We can find joy and gratitude admit the grief and sadness. Buddhism is not a tool for solving some problems. It is a path. We all walk together. Sometimes it is not easy to find a path. So we can then look up at the moon, um, which we always be there. With that immeasurable light illuminates the way to enlightenment. Keep sharing Dharma, Buddha's teaching as a Sangha. It is heard and very rare to encounter the Supreme Buddha's Dharma teaching. Now we are able to hear and then receive it. So let us truly understand the true intent of Tathagata with our gratitude. So please join me in Nasho, put your palm together. Thank you. Are you willing to receive some questions? <laughs> so I would like to, this is so sad here, I would like to invite uh, first uh, any BIPOC folks who would like to ask a question or make a comment to do so. So maybe we could do that for a few minutes and then we'll open it up to everyone. Please. Do you have any historical connections to Kyoto? Uh, excuse me? Do you have any historical connections to Kyoto? Um, so you mean me or my family temple? Your family temple. Oh, yes, um, it is the other, um, it's like a registration system. So it is belong to uh, that Nishi Honganji temple in Kyoto, which means um, we are sending money to them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they are also offering the education, so they also uh, structure the very structured well um and learning the education system so which is like you know the path to the becoming the, the minister the ordained mm -hmm. so all the uh, um those education systems providing the uh by the uh Nishi honganji temple which is our headquarter in kyoto thank you please don't share my comment I <laughs> Thank you for the wonderful talk. Um, you know, I was at the beginning, I was like, oh, there's no one acknowledged. But at the end, I felt like your whole talk, I felt like it was one acknowledgement, like learning our spiritual ancestors' path. And 
your great your grandfather. We know like so many prisoners died in vain after the war. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm so glad your grandpa survived. And thank you so much for sharing your family history. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I did talk about uh, why I came to Minnesota. <laughs> Such a cold, long. <laughs> yes. uh, I met my husband in Japan, so he was working uh, in Fukuoka, my hometown. And then I didn't know where, where Minnesota was or how cold it was, anything like that. And then like, we got married, and then we decided to, to move here to raise the kids. And um, the now long, cold winter means to me, because it always reminds me of um, my grandfather. Mm -hmm. The Siberia, um, temperature, weather, everything was very similar here. But difference is, is it didn't even have enough clothes to mm -hmm. keep the warm. Um, a lot of prisoners died under nutrition and then also coldness. Um, my grandfather didn't tell anyone anything about it. He was just he just kept secret everything until he died. It was too much to him. He was not able to talk about it. So now we can imagine that how difficult it is. So I think why I am here in Minnesota, I think because of my grandpa. He said, he, I, I'm walking in the, down the street in the coldness, and then I always feel like I'm talking to my grandpa. Mm -hmm. And then um, another thing I wanted to share was like, I came to Minnesota to become a minister. I came here just almost like an accident. I met my husband. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know here that in Minnesota there is a Jodo Shinshu, the Shin Buddhist community here. So I, uh, like uh, four or five years, it took for a while to find uh, the community here. But uh, I just grew up in a temple, that was it. And, and then I was not thinking anything like becoming a minister, like uh, to go back to Japan and all day. Um, we don't have a uh, Twin City Buddhist Sangha, have, uh, uh, don't, they don't have the, uh, the temple building. It's very, very tiny community. So I was like, do I really, should I become a minister, like going back to Japan and then kind of intense training and then do, does it mean, I mean, do they need it because we don't have a temple building? I was not sure I wanted to become a minister here in Minnesota. But uh, I, I just suddenly, just grandpa, I feel like a grandpa talked to me, Jamie, anywhere you are, Dharma is there. Mm -hmm. Teaching is there. So because um, when I was nine, my grandfather passed away, and then um, he was only 69, he diagnosed cancer. So I remember clearly that some people um, came to his funeral, and then nobody knew them. 
And then they came to talk to us, um, family members, and then uh, we were together. We were with your grandfather at the Siberia prison. Mm -hmm. And then how grateful we are. We had minister with us mm -hmm. in that time. Mm -hmm. My grandpa didn't tell us anything. Mm -hmm. Just didn't know anything what he did or what does it mean or anything. But the moment just remember clearly, and then I was thinking about should I go to Kyoto today? I thought I have to because mm -hmm. my grandpa was in a Siberia in a prison as a minister. And the Buddha, the, the teaching was there, Buddha Dharma was there. So that's why, um, yeah, my grandpa was very important person to me, to my um, ministry path. Thank you, I'm sorry, I need to, <laughs> any questions or comments? <laughs> oh, there's one on online oh. here. Okay, can you read out? Yeah. Go ahead, Lucian. Reverend Shiemi, thank you so much for your talk. Very informative. Um, and I'm, I'm just very touched by your stories about your grandfather and your spiritual connection to him. Um, I'm wondering if you could speak to the role of women in leadership in Jodo Shinshu. It, it sounds to me as if leadership passes through the men but i'm i'm not sure of that so could you please talk about that thank you so it's a very good question so uh is uh yes heredity is um men to men um traditionally uh uh honganji the headquarters temple so they passed on the other um in the oldest, oldest uh, men in the past, to the generations to generations. Um, it is part of um, Japanese tradition. It's not only for the temple, any businesses, um, family businesses. So they, uh, most of them, they still pass on the men to men, to generations to generations. But now it is changing. It has to change now because less uh, the number of the children. Uh, and then also um, the women's rights uh, is uh, so much better now. Still female minister like me is uh, so much less than the male uh, ministers, which is something like, oh my God, to be. <laughs> so it is changing, but uh, I should say like uh, it is not like a Buddhist tradition. It is based on the uh, Japanese um, tradition. Ah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yon. It's 10.20. Do we have a few more minutes or will Andrew be coming in? Uh, they're not, but we could take a so we could take a few more questions. Okay. Maybe open yeah. it up. Maybe another five minutes. Yeah. I I just want to let you know a couple Zoom comments. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see. Uh, thank you so much. That was so encouraging. Someone says, mm -hmm. and also. 
Chimi-san, that was a wonderful talk. Thank you so much. That's from Kyoto Katayama in yeah. Tucson. She's in Tucson, <laughs> yes. She says in Tucson, just so we know. <laughs> yes, she's a long time friend. Yeah. I have a question that or comment. Uh, I think uh, I would like you to say more about the time that uh, both Dogen Senji and your founder mm -hmm. uh, Shinrin mm -hmm. yeah. uh, were in, because I think a lot of people struggle with, oh, how do we apply Buddhism to all of our modern problems? Mm. How you know racism and global warming and all the things going on and I think it's so interesting to remember, like times weren't super great when these traditions were developed. So anything else you'd like to add about that, I think would be helpful to people. Um, well, we can think about why uh, Kamakura period, which is Adogen Denjinishirashon's time, why so many, it's not only two of them, why so many new um, the Buddhist sect was arised at the time? Because of environment. People need it. People need it. Think about now. What do we need? What well, we are surviving. People, some people think we are in a chaos and then we are difficult time. I hope most people are feeling that way, but some are not. Some are just taking advantages and then they are thinking about only by the, only about themselves. But something like stop thinking about they and us or anything like that. We all connected. We're all together. What about me? What about us? It's hardest things is looking at myself. Like in the morning, do you look at the mirror? Get yeah. up in the morning. Why do you do that? <laughs> Are you checking something? <laughs> <laughs> Are you checking like a, oh. <laughs> oh? Oh, I got a little more wrinkles on here than the other side. <laughs> Why do you care? Because the way people are looking at you, right? You're always, we are always comparing me and others. Of course, we are human beings. You want to be look nicer, better, more kind, more gentle? Yeah, sure. It's okay. But sometimes we are looking at the mirror and we want to see just the things we want to see. Right? With the Dharma, it's like our mirror. It's not like the Buddha Dharma mirror. It's not showing us only good thing. 
the Buddha Dharma showing us also our darkness. So, yes, it is one of the way, yes, we can criticizing the others. They don't understand, they don't know, they are bad people. But we always think about us, me, myself. And then maybe we can find out something we never know and be compassionate in a different way. So it is hard, it is difficult. And then if we lost away the path, always the Buddha Dharma is there, just like a shining the moon, the showing that the, the road, here they are. It's way we, we should we should go here is the path. So I'm I'm sorry, not like a clear answer. Um, but maybe that's the only things we can do right now. Um, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming to Minnesota. <laughs> thank you. I'm so very honored to be here in Minnesota. Well, I should stop complaining about coldness. <laughs> oh, no, we do it all the time. <laughs> thank you so much.